At the end of June, Netflix announced a new deal. It wasn't about the company landing a Hollywood name or launching a new show, but it was an exciting moment for Bill Bynum. (laughs) It was one of those surreal emails. A mutual friend of Aaron Mitchell, who is the chief talent acquisition officer at Netflix. I thought he might be calling me to be the next Samuel Jackson, but I was disappointed. (laughs) You saw yourself in headlines. You know, you, you can fantasize. Bill is the CEO of Hope, a credit union and loan fund based in Mississippi. It primarily serves poorer communities in the Deep South. And what the email was about actually did land Bill in the headlines. A huge investment to support black communities in the country. Netflix committing $100 million to support Black-owned banks and community development groups. The money will go to banks and community development organizations which have a better track record of lending to minority borrowers. $10 million in cash will be reallocated to the Hope Credit Union in the form of a transformational deposit. Now, Hope Credit- Netflix announced in the wake of George Floyd's killing that it would put money toward fighting racial inequality. And Bill's bank was one of the places getting that money in the form of a $10 million deposit. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Monday, August 24th. Coming up on the show, what a $10 million deposit means for one community bank. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. Global X specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. Bill Bynum grew up in North Carolina during Jim Crow. The little community I lived in was actually called Bynum, which was named after the people who owned my ancestors. It was a rural farming community, had a cotton mill. The schools were segregated still at that time. It was in the early 60s, and I was attending the African-American school. And as a kid, I saw how a credit union based in the garage of my vice principal provided financial services to African-Americans in the community that could not go to the bank and get the same service as their neighbors. In that garage, Bill says his vice principal made loans to people who didn't feel welcomed in the local bank for things like, say, a used car or to get through a financial emergency. And that memory stuck with Bill. You know, I think your path takes you in interesting places you never expect to go. I had intended to go to law school after I graduated from the University of North Carolina, but instead I got involved with this group that was organizing worker-owned businesses. And I just came to the conclusion that economic opportunity was more enduring. So when Bill moved to Mississippi, he decided to get involved in community banking. I joined a church here in Jackson, and when I was talking to the pastor, 
we had a conversation about my background. When I mentioned credit union, he mentioned that he had wanted to start a credit union to combat some of the the lack of access to financial services in the community around the church. There were plenty of pawn shops and check cashers and petty lenders, but no bank branches. Why did you get into community banking instead of working for a big bank, a mainstream bank? Banks are a variation on that thing, but the difference between banks and credit unions is that rather than a few shareholders extracting most of the profits, the profits in a credit union are reinvested in the community to provide lower rates on loans, higher dividends on your savings. And so it was a more appealing proposition to me. Jackson, Mississippi wasn't unique in having few banking opportunities. Many areas in the Deep South have what are called banking deserts, areas where traditional banks don't have branches. When you look at Mississippi and Louisiana and Alabama, they are three of the most impoverished states in the country. And while the entire region is poor, it disproportionately affects people of color. And if you look across the region, you see some of the worst socioeconomic conditions, the worst housing conditions, low home ownership rates, access to groceries, fresh produce, whether it's jobs, healthcare, education, they're less available. And if you're going to address any of those issues, ultimately, you need financial tools. There is a racial wealth gap in this country that you're kind of describing, where the net worth of a typical white family is nearly 10 times more than that of a typical black family. How has the traditional banking industry factored into that racial wealth gap? And how does the work you do try to close it? Now, unfortunately, the traditional banking system has created and is widening the gap. And we have seen that there was a woman that made one of the first deposits when we converted a closed bank branch, the only bank branch in that town, into a branch of Hope Credit Union. And she was 100 years old, had gotten $100 for her birthday and made the first deposit ever in an insured financial institution. And when we talked to her about why it took so long, she didn't feel respected. She didn't feel welcomed in the local bank. Historically, Black people in the country have not been served well. In Mississippi, a white household earning $30,000 is more likely to get approved for a mortgage loan than a Black household earning more than $150,000. So. That says that there is systemic discrimination and racism that prevents people of color from getting access to financial services. So you've seen a systemic denial of financial resources to people of color. You've also seen an extraction of wealth in communities. You mentioned that the black-white wealth gap is 10 to 1 in black households compared to white households. There was a recent study by researchers at Duke and Northwestern that showed when you look at black families with children compared to white families with children, that gap increases to 100 to 1. That is staggering. One way experts say to close those gaps is to make sure that more people have access to financing, to loans for mortgages or for businesses. Even earning interest in a savings account can help build wealth. But to make those kinds of loans, banks and credit unions need money from deposits. 
If their deposits are low, they can't provide all the mortgages and business loans their community needs. And this is where the deposit from Netflix comes in. In the last few months, big corporations, not just Netflix, but Google, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, have all put money in banks like Bill's. What went through your mind when you got that news? Oh, gosh, I, I'm still I'm, st- I'm still floating. I, I, it, is, I'm, it is still one of the most amazing things you can imagine. When, when the, one of the largest, most well-known companies on the globe says that your work is worth a $10 million investment. You know, you don't get those kind of calls every day. So I was excited. Every one of my colleagues was excited. My board members were excited. And the excitement has not slowed yet. There's not a day that goes by when I don't talk to one of my colleagues and say, wow, this is, this is our moment. Pinch me and let's keep running. Moving $10 million of cash into Bill's credit union will allow Hope to make over 2,000 new loans the kind of loans that other banks might not make. Every day we have entrepreneurs, small mom and pop businesses like Safe Spot Pest Control, which is a small business in New Orleans that went to the bank and could not get a reply. We're turned away. We're at the back of the bus and don't have another option, whether it's businesses like that, whether it's the homeowners who have saved all their lives but don't have enough savings to make a 20% down payment, they can come to Hope and get that primary asset that helps people close the gaps. You know, when you're a homeowner, you can use the savings to start a small business or to send your kids to school or to fall back on when you have an emergency instead of going to a payday lender or a loan to fix the air conditioning, or to fix your car. But the money that Bill's using to make these types of loans has a timeline. What happens when that time is up? That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Welcome back. This is a two-year deposit that Netflix has made, a $10 million two-year deposit. But at the end of the two years, they can just pull out their money and go away. How do you think about that risk? If they took the deposit out tomorrow, it would certainly cause stress, but we have tools that we can use to manage that. 
fortunately, one of the biggest benefits of the Netflix relationship is been the awareness that it has created. We have had individuals, we had other corporations, large and small, who didn't know how important it was and how easy it is to use your savings to make a difference in some of the most distressed places in the nation. Robert Smith has made a challenge to corporations to take 2% of their profits and invest them in minority institutions. That can help address the equity gap that I mentioned. So I'm really excited about some of the conversations that are being held. Are you concerned that this trend that you just described, that this is kind of a trend for this moment and it won't be more long-lasting? We all have to be concerned and we have to guard against that and make sure that it is not a trend. I've had more conversations about minority lenders, about community development financial institutions in the past several months than I've had in nearly four decades of doing this work. That's encouraging. But I've also seen commitment wither. I saw it after Hurricane Katrina, a lot of effort, a lot of support to help the immediate crisis, but there are still families suffering from the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Same thing after the financial crisis. So I think we have a short memory. Martin Luther King, when he was in Memphis before being murdered, was there trying to move the focus from voting rights to economic opportunity. And one of the things that he advocated was for people to take their money and put it into financial institutions that serve their communities. That was in 1968. Here we are in 2020, having these same conversations. So, yeah, I, I would say we need to be concerned that this is not just a moment, that we do do everything we can to make a sustained movement that creates structural change in institutions in this nation. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It's been a fascinating conversation. Kate, thank you. all for today, Monday, August 24th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Reporting for this episode by Amara Amokwe. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.